0: Good morning. morning. I always start off my Sunday school class with some silly story. And this will be no different this morning. You know, um, Carrie and um, her family live down close to Fletters Lake. And uh, down in what used to be Harlan's pasture, or woods now, it's Petro's, there was a patch of bluebells down there. And so every spring, you know, we kind of anticipate getting to see the bluebells. So they went down this week to um, see the bluebells, which had just started up, and they also got to see some jack-in-the-pulpits and and some other flowers coming up. And so this morning, I'm standing up there in front, fretting about what in the heck I'm going to talk about, and um, Carrie's little girl, Kezia, comes up, and she says, Don in the pulpit. (sighs) So here I am. And then Veronica gives me this lovely picture, which you probably can't see, of Jesus right, uh, ascending into heaven and the three disciples. And she has it all colored for me, so this was very nice, too. So, Anyway, um, just as we have all come here this morning to remember the empty tomb on Easter morning so very many years ago, I want to revisit that tomb with three parties that Easter morning: the religious leaders, Peter, and Mary Magdalene. If we look at Matthew 27, and I'm sorry we don't have stuff on the wall because I'm not smart enough to come up with stuff, so um, you'll just have to bear with me here. Matthew 27, uh, 62 through 28:15. Um, uh, Now on the next day, the day after the preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered together with Pilate and said, Sir, we remember that when he was still alive, that deceiver said, After three days, I am to rise again. Therefore, give orders for the grave to be made secure until the third day. Otherwise, his disciples may come and steal him away and say to the people, He has risen from the dead. And the last deception will be worse than the first. And Pilate said to them, you have a guard, go and make it as secure as you know how. And they went and made the grave secure, and along with the guard they set a a seal on the stone. And I just, uh, as a little aside, I just was listening to Alistair Begg this week. And he mentioned that when they say he had a guard, that that was made up of anywhere from 12 to 60 soldiers. So we don't know how many, but there was, you know, it wasn't just two or three guys. There was a bunch of soldiers. Now after the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to look at the, at the grave. And behold, a severe earthquake had occurred. And an angel of the Lord descended from the heavens and came and rolled away the stone and sat upon it. And his appearance was like lightning, and his clothes as white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. And the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus, who has been crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, just as he said. Come see the place where he was lying. And and go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead, and behold, he is going ahead of you to Galilee, and there you shall see him. Behold, I have told you. And they left the grave quickly with fear and great joy, and ran to report to his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and greeted them. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to him, Do not be afraid. Go and take word to my brethren to leave for Galilee. And there they will see me. And while they were on their way, some of the guards came into the city and reported to the chief priests all that had happened. And when they had assembled with the elders and consulted together, they gave a large sum of money to the soldiers and said, You are to say his disciples came by night and stole him away while we were asleep. And if this should come to the governor's ears, we will win him over and keep you all out of trouble. And they took the money and did as they had been instructed. And this story was widely spread among the Jews and is to this day. So here we meet the religious leaders this morning in the temple, trying to rationalize and dismiss the resurrection. At the news from the soldiers, instead of rejoicing... That the Old Testament prophecies had come true, the religious leaders connive how to cover it up. These religious leaders were to be the shepherds of God's people. The ones responsible for carrying out God's promise to Abraham in Genesis 12, 2 and 3 were told, I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you, and make your name great, and so shall be a blessing." And I will bless those who bless you and the ones who curse you, I will curse. And in you, all families of the earth will be blessed. But instead, that Easter morning, knowing full well that Jesus had risen from the dead, they decided to remain in blindness. In Matthew 15, 13 to 19, And he answered them and said, Every plant which my father Did not plant shall be uprooted. Let them alone, they are blind guides of the blind. And if a blind man guides a blind man, both will fall into a pit. Peter then said, Explain the parable to us. Jesus said, Are you still lacking in understanding also? Do you not understand that everything that goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and is eliminated? But the things that proceed out of the mouth come from the heart. And those defile the man, for out of the heart come evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, and slanders. When the soldiers solemnly came to the, people, to the temple, hanging their heads for fear of their own demise because they had failed to perform their duty, the blind religious leaders led the blind soldiers into the pit of denial The pit of murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimonies, slander. The religious leaders chose to continue down the path they were on, to the very pit of hell. But rather than blessing the soldiers as Abraham was to bless the nations, they took the frightened soldiers to hell with them. And there they remained, unmoved by the resurrection of Jesus, And it makes one wonder, if Jesus had appeared to them, would they have been so blind that they would not have even seen him? It reminds me of the parable of Lazarus and the rich man. Lazarus died and went to Abraham's bosom, and the rich man died and went to Hades. And in Luke 16, we're told, and in Hades, he lifted up his eyes, being in torment, And saw Abraham far away and laid Lazarus in his bosom. And he said, Then I beg you, Father, that you send him to my father's house. For I have five brothers, in order that he may warn them so that they will not come to this place of torment. But Abraham said, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, No, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. But he said to him, if they do not find, uh, listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be persuaded, even if someone rises from the dead. An interesting point here is, a little tangent that I often go on, and I'm, I won't go too far down the trail. But an interesting thought is that the religious leaders remembered that Jesus had said he would rise from the dead, but his disciples and his other followers still did not comprehend what he had meant, though he had told them repeatedly. Well, let's look at a second party. John 20, verses 1 to 10. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came early into the tomb while it was still dark and saw the stone already taken away from the tomb. So she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple Whom Jesus loved and said to them they have taken away the Lord out of the tomb and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter and the other disciples went forth and they were going to the tomb. The two were running together and the other disciples ran ahead faster than Peter and came to the tomb first and stooping and looking in he saw the linen wrappings lying there but he did not go in. And so Simon Peter also came, following him, and entered the tomb, and he saw the linen wrappings lying there, and the face cloth, which had been on his head, not lying with the other uh, wrappings, but laying up, uh, but rolled up in a place by itself. So the other disciple, who had, come, who had first come to the tomb, then also entered, and he saw and believed." And as yet, they did not understand the scriptures, that he uh, must rise again from the dead. So the disciples went away again to their own homes. See, we meet Peter here at the grave this morning. He is living in a cloud of darkness, the darkness of his own betrayal. Peter was a disciple who declared, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Peter was a disciple to whom Jesus said, And I uh, also say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. But Peter was a disciple who declared three times, I never knew the man. When Jesus died, the hope of forgiveness from the only one who could offer that forgiveness was died too. Peter couldn't go to Jesus now and confess his sin and ask to be forgiven. Jesus was dead. So when Mary Magdalene burst through the door that Easter morning, Peter jumped up and he runs to the tomb, barging past John at the entrance to see the linens folded and the body gone. And Peter's despair and mourning turned to hope of forgiveness. With the resurrection, the hope of reconciliation with his Lord came back to life along with Jesus. And then we move to our third party in Luke 20, verses 13 to 18. But Mary was standing outside the tomb weeping. And so as she wept, she stooped and looked into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white. "...sitting one at the head and one at the feet, where the body of Jesus had been lying. And they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. And when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. And Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking?" And supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned and and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. And Jesus said to her, Stop clinging to me, for I have not ascended to the Father. But go to my brethren and say to them, I ascend to... I ascend to my Father and your Father and my God and your God. And Mary Magdalene came, announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he had said these things to her. Now, we were first introduced to Mary Magdalene back in Luke 8, where we are told that she was one of a group of women who were with Jesus as he traveled from village to village. And Jesus had cast out seven demons from her. And it is suggested that she was one of the women who contributed to the support of Jesus and his disciples. Now we are told that she is standing outside the tomb weeping. No doubt she is weeping because the one who had redeemed her, the one who has accepted her for who she was, the one who had forgiven her, who had forgiven her, and raised raised her from her dead sin, and now even the last um, remnant of her Savior, the dead and broken body, was gone. Jesus had redeemed Mary from all her past sins. She clung to Jesus, hoping against hope, and searching relentlessly for him, even after his death. Could it be that she was weeping because the one who had cast out her demons was now gone and his body was gone? Could that mean the demons could not, would now be able to repossess her? Mary was at the tomb, heartbroken, tears streaming down her face. And even amid the loss and uncertainty, she was searching And we're reminded of what Jesus said about one who searches. Ask, and and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. And why was Mary the first person that Jesus appeared to? Theologians have offered a variety of explanations. God chooses the weak to confront the strong. She was rewarded for her faithful service to the Lord. Because death came by a woman's sin in a garden, new life was now announced to a woman in in a garden. Supreme love deserves supreme privileges. All those are good ideas, good thoughts, but the Word really doesn't offer an explanation, so I'll offer my explanation. I contend that Mary was the first to see the resurrected Jesus because she was there, because she was searching for Jesus. Therefore, my practical lesson for today is, if you want to be blessed by the Lord, To see the miracle of changed lives, to be used of the Lord, and to simply be in on the action as a Christian, you have to be there. If you want to witness the great things of God, you must be involved. It won't happen for you if you're sitting at home watching TV or absorbed in your own personal interests. You know, I was reminded of this on Friday at Carol Stuber's funeral. She and Dwayne were married for 54 years, and for 25 of those years, they spent every Saturday night at the cabin ministering to young people, who for many, the cabin was the only real church they would have. Carol wasn't the star of the show. She was a little lady behind the counter filling the cups with Sody pop, she was Dwayne's supporting cast, but support, but support she did. And over that 25-year span, she had the joy of seeing dozens of young people come to the Lord. She had the blessing of seeing, those, uh, seeing lives changed and hearts rededicated to the Lord, and maybe even some young couples get engaged. All because, like Mary in the garden, she was there. So if you want to witness the beauties of God's creation, have your children share their inner thoughts with you. See your child's first steps. Have God reveal truths to you through his word. You have to be there. And if you are searching, involved, available, you will find and God will bless you. Reminds me of the old hymn. Were you there when they sacrificed my Lord? Oh, were you there when they sacrificed, or crucified, I'm sorry, crucified my Lord? Oh, sometimes it causes me to tremble, tremble. Were you there when they crucified my Lord? Were you there when they laid him in the tomb? Were you there when they laid him in the tomb? Oh, sometimes it causes me to tremble, tremble. Were you there when they laid him in the tomb? And were you there when that stone was rolled away? Were you there when the stone was rolled away? Oh, sometimes it causes me to tremble. Were you there when they rolled the stone away? This Easter morning, as we're faced with the empty tomb in front of us, who do you resonate with? Is your heart hardened like the religious leaders? Are you seeking your own personal gain and riches and power over others? Are you so blind by your sinfulness and selfishness that you miss the resurrection? Or are you running with Peter to the empty tomb, overjoyed with the small burning flame of hope kindled in your heart? Could it be? Is it true? Is he alive? Is there hope for forgiveness from the one I have betrayed? I am reminded of the prodigal son, so desiring to be at home and at peace that he proclaimed, I will get up and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me one of your hired men. So he got up and came to his father. Are you seeking with Mary at the tomb, knowing that without the hope of the resurrection, without Jesus, you are nothing? Are you seeking for however long it takes to see Jesus? And when you see him, do you, like Mary, proclaim the good news I have seen The Lord, this Easter morning in the year 2023, are you running to the tomb with Peter? Are you doubting and turning your back on him? Have you chosen safety over the risk of following Jesus? And so I stand here today and proclaim that though your sins are like scarlet, They shall be white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. For now he is risen. Like Mary, if you seek him, he will be found. What better day to find the risen Lord than on this blessed Easter morning? He is risen. That's your point.